Hello and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm having all kinds of up and down, all over the place stuff happen behind the scenes because I am moving house at the moment, which is a journey, but it's a journey I'm enjoying and know will be worth it in the end. <laughs> That's like my mantra for lockdown and for moving house, but we're getting there. And thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. And I'm very excited about some of the guests I have in the coming weeks. So keep your eyes peeled on the social media for more information about that. My guest today is a good friend of mine, but also an artist, a writer, a creator who I always love his take on things. That's probably why we're friends, but we always talk about reality TV together. So I'm so excited that my mate Sean is now into a Real Housewives because he just analyzes reality TV in a way that I love and I think is perfect for this podcast. And today we get into Beverly Hills, which I think a lot of people discovered Housewives through in the last year or so. But we also got to talk about Melbourne, which I am just, just so fanatical about. So that in that alone <laughs> made me so excited to have this chat with Sean. So without any further ado, here is this week's guest. It's Sean Dunn on Housewives and Me. My guest today is a theatre and film artist and an actor as well, and one of my good friends, and he has finally, much to my delight, joined the Real Housewives train. It brings me great joy to say that. Sean Dunn, welcome to Housewives and Me. Thank you for having me. Can you believe it? I know, because we are like long-term, long, long-time friends, I should say, and you and I have always talked about our love of reality TV, whether it was The Hills or Drag Race, and you're always up on the UK shows, and for years I was like... Please watch Real Housewives. Please, please, please. I remember once, I mean, I actually shouted you out in a previous episode, and I don't know if you know this, but you told me once you didn't want to watch Real Housewives because you thought it was just Jeremy Kyle for rich people. And I was like, babes, it's so much more. (laughs) And also, what's wrong with that, Sean? Like, I want to go back to that past version of me and be like, what's your problem? Like, that sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I want that. Um, No, I always think that, yeah, you were telling me for years and years and years, like, you would love Housewives, you would love Housewives. And I was like, I can't take it on. Like, I'm already so involved in so many different reality TV <laughs> franchises. But look, like many people have said in the podcast so far, 2020 was the year to finally just break the seal. Honestly, so, I mean, let's let's ask the million dollar question and I'm sure there's some long-term fans who'll roll their eyes, but you know what? I think everyone's welcome to the party. How did you get into Housewives last year or whenever? So like with most people, it just popped up on Netflix, didn't it, you know? Um, Beverly Hills was there one day and I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a couple of opportunities <laughs> to make it smart. <laughs> I've heard that it's really good. And I actually fell out of it. I couldn't really stay with season one. There was just something a little bit like sprawling about it for me and it was a little bit too I don't know like I I couldn't I just couldn't tune in do you forget that like sometimes the mood you're in you just won't take to something like I didn't I didn't want me um but then I got into a conversation with my friend our other friend Patrick there's the three of us Mm -hmm. and he was watching it so we synced up and I just started watching it with him and I kind of jumped the season actually and so I started dropped into like the middle of season two and then like oh my god I just started inhaling the whole thing and I caught up on the whole 10 years of Beverly Hills and then I jumped on to Melbourne. I'm currently watching Potomac. I just finished Salt Lake. Like I'm really, I'm fully there. Like, 
<laughs> I know, because a few people are like, oh, yeah, I watched a couple seasons on Netflix. I might watch more. But I'm always so into, even when people are like, yeah, I watched 10 seasons Beverly Hills in like four months. Like, I just, I'm like, welcome. You've joined now. It's, it's like a, initiating someone into a cult. I'm like, you're here now. Absolutely. And I just think it's so funny that people, when I tell them, I was talking to another friend about it the other day and I was like, God, yeah, I've watched that like 10 years of Beverly Hills. Like I like binged 10 years of these people's lives. And my friend was like, oh my God, you could have done so much other stuff with that time. And I was like, I did do so much. Like you don't understand. Like <laughs> it's an education. <laughs> it's a journey. Like, I love I that. I love that. Because... <laughs> but actually I know so much about Kyle Kim, the whole kind of like relationships that people have in Beverly Hills. And, you know, there's university degrees and then there's real housewives, you know, and they're, they're both valid. <laughs> I'm obsessed with someone being like, you could have done so much at the time and you gone. And I did. <laughs> and I did. And I, you know, but I tried in like lockdown to like learn the guitar, take back up German, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? It's a pandemic. Let's just watch Real Housewives. Yeah, I don't think, I think truer words have never been spoken. So you've watched 10 seasons of Beverly Hills. I'm so interested in this because I've said, I think I've said this to you before and I've said it on the podcast. Like I, I watched probably a couple of seasons back to back, back in the day. But for the most part, I have been following Beverly Hills, you know, for the guts of a decade where you'd watch a season or over the course of six to seven months and then you watch another season when it airs when you watch it as fast as you did what stands out to you and how did things maybe change for you as a viewer as you went further along oh god like what stands out it's really for me the most interesting thing about beverly hills is just like lvp isn't it like her whole me the whole fact that she's like this kind of interloper you can tell that she's having these like side chats with the producers all the time like the way that's kind of like just on a slow burn for the whole series like it's on a slow burn for the whole 10 years and it really comes to a head towards the end that to me as a reality tv fan like i just i'm really pulled in by that kind of stuff like the behind the scenes bits the bits where you're like oh there's obviously a bit of trickery here there's a little bit of setup and when that stuff is exposed that really you know that's the kind of thing that draws me in um but also like the way it kind of culminated like that I was really gripped by the end when you know Denise Richards is involved because she's famous like we knew her before we were watching Housewives you know like she's she was a big star and suddenly she's in this world and it's gone so terribly wrong for her it's just that is the thing that really pulls my focus when I think of just that journey you know from the start like I was saying it was so sprawling I couldn't really relate to them I couldn't really get into it and then by the end there was these like familiar faces from life before housewives popping up and like losing the run of themselves um so yeah I just think Beverly Hills is amazing that's really interesting I think because you do kind of this that's part of why when I'm trying to even now convince people to either try out housewives or try a certain city it's like you've hit the nail on the head there that the slow burn kind of long tail of if you watch it for long enough there's a satisfaction there of something like lvp having a moment by season eight or nine that you kind of know has been like Mm -hmm. talked about for years and it's the same at new york and atlanta the longer running ones are more of a commitment but when they pay off it is so satisfying you know Um, like it's like you know people who watch you grew up watching like eastenders or whatever and say like you watch these soaps when you're a child and maybe you drop back in then a couple of years later for whatever reason and like a character from when you were a child has a child and they're like back on the square making things happen it has that kind of payoff you know like when you drop back into a world and something that was set up ages ago is suddenly in full flow so that's what I really enjoy because it is story like it's story based 
um, over time. And yeah, it's just for me, it's really exciting. I think the soap analogy is perfect because for me, I've said this before, they are, these are my soaps. Like I know people who watch, mm. you know, the soaps weekly or they'll do the omnibus at the weekend or they'll binge watch once every week or two. And I kind of in my head go, that's how I watch Housewives because I'm watching whatever's airing. So at the moment there's three or four shows on or, you know, there might be three or sometimes there's five or there's a spinoff. Like for me, the they are part of my week. Like I love binging shows I've missed or seasons I want to go back to but in terms of Housewives my relationship to it is it's a part of my week for like an hour here or there so I think the soap I think that's exactly what it is it is basically an American soap opera absolutely especially Beverly Hills because they are they are all soap actors who have turned up on this reality show like it's it's quite meta in a lot of ways you've watched all these seasons obviously and you mentioned there sort of Lisa Vanderpump and her arc but was there any Housewives characters that maybe when you started you loved and then began to hate or vice versa? Oh god, all of them. Like I think with every single character, that's what's interesting about them is that they are all, you know, absolute narcissists. They're not super likable all of the time or any of the time. Um, and <laughs> Salt Lake is quite interesting, I think, because they're all quite unlikable, I think. Like it was funny to watch the reunion this weekend because um I think it's Heather has done quite well. She seems to be quite popular. Um, like you can tell in the reunion that she's getting a lot of like you know positive tweets all that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. like for me they're all as bad as each other on that show and that's what makes it work like I really love Lisa I really love Jen Shah just because they're quite um they let themselves be seen you know what I mean they let themselves kind of have their aggression they let themselves they're not trying to be like you know cookie cutter sweet um and that's to me I was always 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 like I want a show full of villains I don't want to watch, you know, as much as I love Kyle from Beverly Hills, like, I don't want to watch people be really, really sweet and try and get along. Reality <laughs> show, I'm happy for you to go for it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was the only person that in Big Brother, like, I really wanted, like, the, the public to cop on and stop voting the villains out because, like, as soon as that happened, you know, the show would die. So as much as I absolutely loathe Lisa Rinna, you know, I totally understand her value and I, I appreciate what she's done. <laughs> <laughs> but like I mean and I think all of them have the same thing like sometimes they're sweet and then other times they really kind of like they allow themselves to play the game and that's why I think the show works also I think you've probably picked up on this now that you're watching different cities and have watched like when we'll get to Melbourne believe you me um the like the way sometimes someone will have a good season and that or they'll have a mm-hmm. bad season and that you realize that the more you watch the more their sort of roles shift slightly in the group. So one year Dorit is really annoying and everyone hates her. And then another year Dorit is suddenly the fan favorite. Like it kind of, it can really turn on dime. That's true. Dorit, you've just reminded me, like I could not stick Dorit like at all. <laughs> she came on, I was like, oh my God. Like as in she was really like giving me a toothache, you know, like I was bothered by her. But absolutely, it's so true. Like as she progresses through the series, you really grow to love Dorit. As she changes physically, actually, it's so funny. She goes through so many transformations, doesn't she? She's totally different then by the end. And that's what I, again, that's the great thing about the long game. They change so much. And what's amazing about um, Beverly Hills that they're always cutting back. So you're always reminded of their arc. You know, you're always reminded of like what Dorit was like when she first arrived or what Kyle was like in season two when she exposed her sister for being an alcoholic. You know, the veneer was always pulled back. So that kind of interplay between the good character and the kind of villainous, you know, duplicitous, manipulative person is always really well structured, I think, in these shows. So 
I mean, me as a dramatist, like I love, I love to see that, you know. I was actually going to ask you about that because you like have written plays, you make films and short films and you write, you've written tons of scripts and things like you, you've done a lot of different kind of narrative work in your own career as an artist. So when you watch reality TV, I mean, can you see when they're doing storytelling and what, why does it draw you in? Like, why do you enjoy it? Yeah, for me, like, I think what they do really, really well in those shows is, I mean, yeah, like you can, you can, you can see the kind of nuts and bolts of, you know, when they try and like hammer in a load of exposition around why a character might be a certain way. So like Jen Shah is like a prime example of that. So like, you know, mm-hmm. like, acted really badly in like three episodes in a row. And then they give her this moment where she's sitting with her husband and she gets to like talk about grief for a minute, you know, like that can feel a little bit clunky sometimes. Those moments of like exposition, I would call them. Um, but what's really good in terms of just the storytelling is like <laughs> the fact that they get to articulate their own story through monologue so consistently throughout the whole show like their pieces to camera to me is what makes the whole thing pop off because they can't their vanity is so played on and they can't help but absolutely throw everybody every single person on the cast under the bus at every opportunity they're so cruel they're so rude so stark and so spot on it's like for me that's the that's the true storytelling you know and obviously it's all edited but like they that's why a good cast is so important you know because they will articulate the story themselves if you give them the space to yeah that's so interesting i never thought of it that way that they are effectively half the episode half a real housewives episode usually is basically monologues isn't it it's someone going and that's when I realized I walked in and blah 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 like in a way that in other it's rare in other forms of drama or storytelling in general like if you watched a tv like a scripted drama series and they did that you would think it was fully ridiculous but because Housewives is sort of playing off of documentary tropes absolutely we go yeah of course she's narrating this scene as she walks in for lunch oh do you know Connor like oh, let's get really highbrow about it what it is it's like a soliloquy in Shakespeare it's like an aria in opera you know what I mean that's what's happening these are just translated forms that have been in other things over the years and it's like the, the moment where the character gets to break out and be like no, what happened was, this is how I'm feeling. And that's what pulls you in, you know, because their turns of phrase and their own specific cultures from like city to city is so interesting and so striking. And that's what makes like, that, that's what makes it possible to have so many different franchises, like so many different areas doing, doing a similar formula, you know, because these individuals are kind of given the opportunity to steer the ship a little bit, you know, for good and bad. That's such a good point. I've been saying that a lot on the show lately here, how it's, it's, I always call it a flavor. Like each city has a different flavor and when they work, that's why you can watch Dallas, then Potomac, then OC, then Beverly Hills. Cause someone might go, is that not just watching the same show? And you go, no, because there are slight turns. Either the people on each city are different in terms of their relationships, or it is just the place they're in has a certain mm-hmm. feel. And I think actually okay, yeah. it's interesting to me that you watched all of that Beverly Hills and then did what a lot of newer viewers are doing, which is, join Salt Lake City as it's airing because the one thing Salt Lake City has done very well in my opinion is create its own lane where it has its own kind of feel that is different to the other cities. I'm curious how you feel about Salt Lake in general particularly watching a first season Housewives that starts in 2020 having binged a long time franchise player mm-hmm. over 10 seasons. Like I love Salt Lake because like you're saying it has it has a real identity like it's a, in a very specific community they are Mormon women or like people who have left the church or kind of have one foot in and one foot out of the church. So they're living within a completely different 
framework you know um, and say for example in Beverly Hills where it's like they almost have a party every time they're having a divorce in Salt Lake <laughs> it's like a thing that they're still wrestling with it, their breakups take so long you know what I mean like a breakup doesn't happen easily Um, you know you see that with Meredith and her partner you know they're back together now after taking some time apart like that kind of stuff isn't happening in Beverly Hills like it just isn't like you're either with each other or you're not you know what I mean Um, so yeah just the kind of shifts between the locations and the cultures I think is really important and it makes it like you could be really derivative and be like oh you know it's just rich women shouting at each other over dinner but actually no it's not because each dinner table is totally different like it is and even it's been great this week because I've started them um, watching Potomac you know okay and I love the fact that again like it's an all-black cast so it's completely different the conversation is completely different they're talking about race a lot more so it goes a lot deeper depending on where you are in the country you know where you are in the states and then you've got Melbourne which is a whole other like wild wild west whole culture of its own. <laughs> I know I mean I'm listen one of the reasons I'm so excited to have you on is because I'm always trying to get people on Melbourne so we will get to that so Salt Lake you mentioned there you like Lisa and you like Jen so are you preferring kind of the slightly more combative characters on Salt Lake like I'm a Meredith stan and I'm getting the impression then that you, know, <laughs> you wouldn't be as into Meredith I do like Meredith I, I do like her like 100% I like how dignified she is how stoic she is I love that she rocked up wearing that like mask with all the diamonds on it you know <laughs> I think she was was had COVID even broken at that point was that like a an absolute... I think that was February end of February so it might have been an ether but COVID definitely didn't impact their filming the way it did the other shows yeah it was so funny to see her suddenly in this like diamond full face mask um, so I do like her I love her son like I mean I I low with her son but I love their dynamic um but I do think do you know what I just like I said I love the villain I'm always drawn to the villain I will defend LVP till I die and like, <laughs> I love the fact that Lisa like in the reunion this week and it just because it's fresh in my mind I'll probably end up referencing it a lot but she's so confident and she's unapologetically confident and she's like I love myself I'm really great I do all this I'm not gonna apologize and I'm like yeah go you like why not like you know like I think she's right to love herself she does seem really accomplished she does seem to like I mean there's definitely some holes in her family dynamic but in the widest sense she seems to have it all pretty much together you know so I'm very drawn to her because she is a shoot straighter she's very direct and then Jen obviously is just like she's hard to watch but she's wild like you couldn't have the show without Jen I don't think yeah and I I think you've hit the like I love Lisa's sense of confidence I have said this before I find Lisa so unintentionally hilarious like even things like when they did the montage in the reunion of like kind of Lisa on the show this season and like her at that brunch that they all had where she was like my thing is I'm just so confident and I'm so successful and it's hard and it's like her biggest issue is that she's just really great it's like oh my god the lack of self-awareness for me that I want that in at least a handful of the characters on the show in general because the point is I'm watching people who don't have self-awareness on a reality show if I wanted people with humility Mm -hmm. and grace I'd chat to my friends like that's not why I'm here yeah I don't want to watch people who've done a lot of media training you know what I mean yeah (laughs) I don't want that like I want someone who's going to just say it like it is literally that's the ultimate housewives cliche I tell it like it is yeah own it own it (laughs) 
So let's let's not beat around the Australian bush anymore. You have binge all of Real Housewives of Melbourne, which I consider one of the greatest housewife shows ever, even though a lot of people still haven't indulged because it's not an American show. And I think also because there's been such gaps between seasons over the years. But you went there, you watched, yes. you watched all of it, right? So what are your thoughts on Real Housewives of Melbourne? Well, do you know what? Like, I lo- firstly, I love it. I think it's the best. I think it's the best one, 100% hands down. But I think that we're at an, an important time of change, Connor. I think people are going to wake up to have Real Housewives of Melbourne really soon. <laughs> and do you know why? Everyone is loving Married at First Sight Australia. And I think as soon as you realise that Australian reality TV is where it's at because of all of the things that we've just spoken about. They're not afraid to be villains. It's like they have absolutely no media training. They will say it like it is. They're really, really direct. They don't plan how they look as much as like UK reality TV people or American reality TV people. They just don't have that awareness. Um, And that's what makes reality TV from Australia so absolutely compelling and almost Shakespearean. Like it's really epic. It has a really epic feel. And when I watched Melbourne for the first time, me and Patrick were watching it together and I texted him like straight away and I was like, this is the best cast I've ever seen on on one of the franchises. Like it's just, it's like, do you remember in X Factor USA when they put Fifth Harmony together and it was like, wow, this is like girl band to end all girl bands. Like this, they're going to take over the world. I felt that way about the housewives in Melbourne, like easily because they are so distinct. They have like real personality, real verb. They have interesting jobs. Like Gina's like mm-hmm. a judge, you know, which is like the other housewives will not let her forget that she's a judge for a second. They're just like, oh, there she is judging me again. Like, every two beats. But it's so hilarious. Like, you know, and again, just Australians, they are so unvarnished that it, and like their aesthetic and their, you know, brunch culture and like restaurant culture in, in Australia and in Melbourne is so high. Like, it's really beautiful. Everything looks gorgeous. So it has that aspirational element, but it's really, really, really soap, like really blunt, really coarse. So the kind of split between the two things, I think, is really Yeah, that's refreshing. exact. That's such a good summation because for me, I've always loved how it is glossy and housewivesy and in, in the best possible way. But there's that very Australian, like, directness and almost a coarseness to it just even simple things like for some reason on hey you they haven't bleeped out any of the swearing someone they're like oh fuck off you're like you would just never hear that you would never get someone on beverly hills being like oh fuck off like it just has this kind of like directness that is in such <laughs> contrast to the american one it's like every fight in australia ends in someone being called a c-u-n-t <laughs> and it's like the worst insult ever like to the women like they're always like, I can't believe she just called me that I can't believe she just called me that and then it happens again the next episode with somebody else calling the other person like they are just they do not care they don't hold back they're fascinating fascinating women like 100% and they're well, like, well as well as that like saying they're coarse and all that stuff they are like but they're also really successful and really driven and really loving too and like just I think actually and I've, I've, I've been to Australia you know my sister lives in Melbourne I think that there's a real correlation between Melbourne people and Dublin people. I think we're really alike. Um, and that I think I just kind of vibe off it for that reason. I feel like I'm watching a load of towns, like, from, like, the inner city where I'm from, like, trying to have a barbecue. Ah, like. Gina, Liano, leave her out. That's why I always say, if you were to dub Melbourne, like, you could just be the exact script, but it could be, like, Dublin accents. Like, I think... I could see people. Janet actually for some reason Janet from Melbourne I could see but like, ah here it's Janet shut up Gina I could fully see Janet in Dublin 
Janet is like oh my god I love Janet so much like honestly I have such a fondness for Janet because she's got such an interesting story like obviously her child had mm-hmm. that horrible accident it sounds like I'm just dropping this really <laughs> traumatic thing in. <laughs> but, like her child um experienced really mm-hmm. severe burns you know which is like, see a really soft side of her but at the same time she's such a battle axe you know and her and Jean are totally warring throughout every series every season you know they're totally at heads um, at loggerheads so yeah Jana is just and then there's a psychic medium in the cast Jackie. sorry I can't believe yeah, just burst over that. yeah Jackie is a psychic medium and like by the looks of it mm-hmm. a really good one she seems to just have hit after hit after hit and like season one where she's <laughs> season one where she's giving them readings at the table like readings they haven't even asked for <laughs> yes. do you remember and Gina is like, um, and Jack is like, I could tell you that you're going to be awful Australian <laughs> you got a demon on you, Gina. you got a demon like, on you. I can feel the energy. I can tell you, I can see your mother. And then uh, Gina's like, that's not my mother. It's a demon. <laughs> oh, yes, that's what it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, what is this conversation? Gina is telling Jackie that she sees demons. Jackie is trying to tell Gina, I have your mother here. Like, it's absolutely hilarious. And Jackie is so offended because she's like, I can't believe you just said I see demons. <laughs> ah, and I remember they have a, there's a scene where after that, Jackie and Gina go for like coffee somewhere and they have an elaborate conversation where Jackie's like, I don't see demons still. I don't, I don't, I see angels. I'll, I'll call them the angels. And, and Gina just keeps on, there was a demon doll. I think you'd a demon come in that day. It was just like the they took it so seriously, and it's like you also they would never go there on the American ones. And I just thought, you know what, this really does have its own flavor, like we said earlier. Like this really is its own beast. Yeah, it's wild. It's really, really wild. Honestly, like my mission now for the next part of this lockdown is to get as many people as I can watching Real Housewives of Melbourne because we I need agree. it. I think this is a campaign <laughs> I can definitely get behind. We're going to have to. Yes, political. Housewives are political. <laughs> we'll be out in the streets of placards. Yes. It's weird too because there was big gaps between some of the seasons in Melbourne and they finally got around to starting filming a new one just before lockdown hit Australia really badly last year. Apparently they filmed like two days and like the show had already been waiting to come back for like two years. Filmed a few days filming. It all gets postponed and they've only started picking up in the last month. So I'm so glad it's coming back, but it's like... It's taken forever. I just, I think a lot, they announced the cast actually ages before they started filming and like a few key players are coming back and some new people. So fingers crossed it still has that flavor and energy. Because I think, as you said, I mean, even when I've seen people talking about Married at First Australia recently, I thought, God, you know, this could be Real Housewives of Melbourne's moment because people, as you say, are finally getting into the vibe of Australian reality TV. For sure. And like I noticed the other day, like all four, like Channel 4 have put up another like reality show, another like relationship Australian reality show onto their like free ser- um, their free streaming service. And like, yeah, I think people are really being like, okay, this is where it's at for a while. Um, so yeah, hopefully people will drop in and have a look at it. But I think like what could be good for Mel- for like just speaking to that circumstance, I think the women, like they're quite hungry, you know, like the Melbourne cast quite hungry i can imagine them just feeling like absolutely ready for this season you know i think it could be really really good with all the delays and stuff it might give them that chance yeah and i think lydia and gina are back and i just find lydia so fascinating because she's genuinely so clueless and so stupid sometimes that i'm like even her i just imagine lydia talking us through her lockdown in and of itself is something that i need to see so i wanted to ask you actually have mentioned australian rally tv and 
I do think you're a connoisseur of reality TV in general. So how does Housewives compare to other reality shows and what are other uh, reality shows that you love that maybe maybe people should check out or just you love talking about in general? Oh God, like I'm really terrible. I watch absolutely everything. <laughs> like I do. Like and I think people are often like surprised because like of what, what I do for work, they'd imagine that I'm at home like watching a movie or whatever, you know, watching like cinema from like like foreign language films during the week you know I'm like no I actually want to clock out and watch some really fun upbeat reality shows and I would 100% recommend Married at First Sight like because it is really gripping like the format is really exciting it's really interesting it's cast really well it's edited really well and it's really really dynamic and I love that show I'm look I I I even love the Kardashians (laughs) you know like I still think that you could just log out and and zoom in on them and watch them eat salads and watch them text like literally the, the latest episodes of the kardashians are all just kim and corny sitting around texting like <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's going on but it gives you that break you know what i mean it gives you that little it's such good background stuff to have on um but i think probably one of my favorite things to watch like over the years and it doesn't get any credit um but i loved when uh, Channel 5 was doing yeah. Big Brother particularly Celebrity Brother like particularly Celebrity Big Brother but also the civilian one was like really really good for a while you know when Huey was on it you know who I'm talking about oh right? yeah 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 Vaughan. I think it's sort of yeah like he's like his season of um, Big Brother UK like Letitia Grace's season like so good it was like it's, like it's that kind of era of just before like things like x on the beach came out and they were really just going like okay this format is a little bit tired where is the petrol okay we're throwing x's in okay we're doing this we're doing that we're reading our tweets we're doing the, like all that kind of stuff you know is is in the channel five era it's really bonkers it's really high energy um i love love island don't ever watch love island isn't that crazy well look we, we said at the start about how you've been trying to get me on <laughs> Years, and I totally took your advice and I've obviously changed yes. my whole life and <laughs> <laughs> given up my job and everything else and all I do now is watch Real Housewives of I think you should 100% try a season of Love Island like Love Island is just chef's kiss I think my do you know what it is it's not a snobby thing with Love Island obviously like I'm talking to you on my dedicated Real Housewives podcast it's clear that I'm not a reality <laughs> snob for me it's when it's airing live it's just such a commitment because it's like the hour every night and then if you miss an episode a lot does actually happen so it's now I'm like I think I would watch the next series as it airs if I, if I can get in on the ground early but I even now I'm like I just couldn't face doing a box set of the old seasons because A, I kind of know the gist of what happens because it's so big that you get the, you find out via memes and social media what's going on anyway. So I'm like, there's no point in going back to old seasons. So I think I might try and follow the next, I mean, it's supposed to come back this summer, isn't it? That's the plan. So I could see myself trying it this summer. Yeah, you should. You should 100% give it a go. Just to know what all those kids are talking about, all those Gen Zers, you know? You've watched a lot of reality TV. You've finally gone down the Housewives rabbit hole. One of the fun things about Beverly Hills in particular is, as you mentioned, Denise is very famous and we do see people we know join the shows or people who have an established public presence come on the show is there any celeb you'd love to see on Real Housewives be it Beverly Hills or elsewhere oh my god that's such a good question well do you know who I'd love I'd love to see this is obviously just because of like the news week that we've had this week but I'd love to see someone like um Charisma Carpenter 
rock up on like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like Charisma obviously played Cordelia Chase on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like I think she could fill the space that like Denise Richards has. Um, obviously she's left the building. You know, someone like I'd love a big TV star. I think that works really well when someone who is known. Um, enters into the fold you know they have all their because like you know what's really fun about Beverly Hills is like those crazy episodes where like um, Kim goes to like that child child star comic con basically in science photographs when you cast people from like TV land more broadly it's really I'm like even you know Eileen being a soap star and getting to see set of whatever like she's on like seven different soaps <laughs> getting to see the sets and all that jazz and um, people like them are really really good grabs for Beverly Hills in specific because it's like it's Beverly Hills you know um but obviously I'd love to see Chris Jenner actually now that she's freed up yeah the Chris Jenner thing comes up a lot I think it's sort of wishful thinking I mean the Kardashians are still so they've left E but they're going to be doing some kind of show with Hulu slash Disney Plus's thing star which we're going to get over here yeah so they've all signed up I have to laugh like I understand why they've wrapped up the E show because apparently basically E didn't have enough money for what they wanted to do but the way they're like it's the end of an era I'm like you are literally going to have another show in six months like you're not even taking two years off reality TV the real like oh my god can you believe I'm like yeah because it's going to continue on Hulu anyway like they're not going to stop doing their own thing Seriously, and it's going to be called Keeping Up with the Kardashians. No, basically, they Disney announced a slate of new shows across like Disney Plus and Hulu, and announced that Star was going to come to you know Europe as a kind of a Hulu mm-hmm. equivalent. And they announced that the Kardashians are signed to do. I think they, I think they may have said multiple shows, but the idea seems to be that there will be like a core Kardashians kind of content thing that Hulu has rights to. So I have a feeling they're going to do at least one. Kardashian keeping up style show and maybe then the kind of spin-off bits that they like to do because I assumed Netflix or some streaming service is going to come in because it just that's kind of where their audience is when you think about how massive they are on social media like after a point a streaming service just makes more sense for them yeah absolutely for sure but, but Chris will be a gag because she is genuinely in Kyle's lives and they have the same kind of social circles I love that you said Charisma Carpenter when I had Evan Ross Katz on who's a massive Buffy fan we chatted about that and actually now that Charisma has come out of it some very heavy stuff she faced in her past in a way I think her like not to sound this doesn't I don't want this to sound grim but like when someone is going through something like that in a way if they wanted to bring us on that journey on the show it could be really rewarding She's the right kind of age profile in that I like when they are a little bit older and they've had a life and we're seeing them in another phase of their life. Like that's a bit richer than sometimes when there's like a 30 something Real Housewife, it doesn't always land because I'm like, I kind of want you to have more going on in your life. Absolutely. I mean, speaking of things going on in people's lives, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen with Erica Jane. Oh, I mean, I'm howling because I always think to myself now, Connor, don't bring up Erica this week, but thank you've done it, so I'm allowed. But I, oh, I cannot, I mean, I'm on that Instagram and every seemingly innocuous post, I'm like, but she's clearly in the new apartment she's renting in that photo or, ooh, that's on a cast trip. Like, I've, like, I am, I'm beyond upset. Like, I was obsessed with Erica for non-problematic reasons before, but now I'm like, I need to know everything. I know, literally. It's so interesting. She's great. Like, she's such a great character slash person. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, actually? I'm curious because Erica's a funny one. Her debut season, she really came in hot and people fell in love with her. And then I feel like as the show progresses and her time and it progresses, people have waned in their love for her or just waned in her place in the show. When you watch as much as you have, as quickly as you have, 
how do you feel about a character like Erica? Are you like, actually, yeah, you're kind of boring, or no, I still stand? Is the viewpoint on her kind of from the other women as the show progresses, just that she's like really icy and guarded, and that's the kind of thing, and she doesn't really give that kind of stuff, right? And obviously she has those kind of like towards the end of the of the 10 years <laughs> she, has those, <laughs> she has those moments where she like really lashes out quite suddenly doesn't she like about her son and like that kind of stuff is that what you mean like I mean I I, I find her really relatable and really kind of um cool like I actually when I watch her I'm like she's cool I really just think that she's um like sound you know that way you know when you're watching like a show like this you kind of need one to kind of lean into where you're like yeah do you know what you're sound I'd actually go for a drink with you like I feel that yeah. way about because she just seems to be a little bit more chill a little bit more considered obviously she goes to those high places as well like she's not afraid of the fact that it's mm-hmm. so bad. but I don't know there's something considered about her that I really I've always kind of appreciated so if people weren't vibing with Eric I'd be quite surprised you know I, th- I think especially when you could you could spend a lot of time hating Lisa <laughs> I'm like Lisa is the easier one to kind of dislike. oh Lisa Rinna yeah like Lisa Rinna I find really hard to watch like really hard to watch it's like, funny actually yeah sorry go ahead no i was just i mean i, I actually want to stop myself from being too mean because i know <laughs> that these people are obviously just doing a job and i appreciate everything that they're doing but like even our kids i'm just like and our kid is going out with al from love island like just the <laughs> reality tv cross can you believe like <laughs> very random although in a way i was glad when that happened initially because I, I remember thinking that, that'll get sean now that could get sean into housewives if there's a love <laughs> island connection <laughs> yeah she's a bit like it's just so weird when these things happen like and yeah, Al is going out with. I'm. I'm not sure which. What is her name? The really um beautiful daughter with the blonde hair, Isabella. I think. I think Delilah Bell. Delilah Bell. That's it. <laughs> I think so. I hear their names in Rinna's voice in my head. Actually, it's funny because when you started your housewives apprenticeship, uh, <laughs> college course, master's degree, whatever we're calling it, you would kind of text me the odd time, like not every time you watch, but like kind of every so often there'd be a. Dorit's melting my head X or to be like really can't stand Lisa Rinna dot 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 <laughs> and I'd be like well because sometimes I knew you were on like season five or six and I'd be like hold on or oh, it's only going to get worse we're like she get Rinna I was like I can't defend Lisa Rinna but I'm one of those weirdos who does have a soft spot for her because like you said I, in my head she is just doing her job and people are like she's mean I'm like yeah but we're on a fucking reality show like what do you want from her no, for sure. Like that is true, and like I've I've obviously said at the top, you know, I I, I want a cast full of villains, like one hundred percent. There's mm-hmm. just about Lisa that um, I don't know. Like she just, do you know what? I just I I I don't think she owns it. That's it. That's what it is. Is, is she <laughs> own, own it? Is it her? Is she original? Yeah, yeah. She doesn't really own it, you know. She doesn't ever really own it. And if she did, if she was a little bit more like, do you know what? I'm just in here, like I'm saying, the cat amongst the pigeons, and I'm gonna go mad a little bit. I would love her, but like, do you know, like in the episodes where, like, towards the end of Denise's whole arc, which is just, I thought, really sad and really dark. Actually, <laughs> Lisa Rinna has this moment where she makes it about her redemption, and she's like, "I'd love to go to church." Do you know those little things? Like <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I really want to go to church. I would love that. I would love that. And when they're in Rome, she's like, I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah. No, it drives me mad. Like little bits like that where I'm like, she's just totally trying to be, she, she's trying to straddle both camps. And I'd much rather like, you know, you know, like, like Tiffany Pollard style, like just go be the villain, be the wild one, be the person that's like, 
almost a little bit unhinged, but don't then give me this whole like, oh, I want to go to church and pray, pray what I'm doing today to meet Jesus. Like, oh, I'm an awful friend. I am throwing you under the bus. I don't care about you at all. You know that way? Like, all like, she just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't trust her on the show. Or Lisa Renner is a lovely person. <laughs> Lisa, if you're listening, please don't be mad. The thing about Lisa Rinna is you've kind of, you've brought up this sort of key thing with her. And I think why a lot of the Denise stuff was fascinating to me as someone who's watched a lot of telly and a lot of these shows and loves thinking about how things are made. Like you could see, particularly in that kind of, that scene that they had in the hotel where they talked about going to church that was clearly filmed on like producers' phones and was a bit more mm. on the spot and probably a bit more ad hoc. That Denise was effectively saying, okay, I've known you for a long time. I know you do reality TV. You're an actor. You're a jobbing actor like me. We're friends. And I don't know why you're like this to me in this context. And Rinna was, to me, subtext-wise saying, sure, but like, I'm just doing my job. Maybe I'm too lost in it and I've been mean to you and I don't want to lose you as a friend. The irony being, of course, by the time the season plays out and we get to the reunion, you can see that part of Denise's frustration at the reunion is, oh, you really, really just want to sell me out. Like you don't, you don't want to even try and be my friend. And Rinna was, I think, I think for Lisa Rinna, work and money and not turning up and doing your job hits such a nerve for her that if she thinks anyone, friend or no friend, is not pulling their storyline weight, she's just like, you know what? Let me tell you all about you. And it doesn't matter how close you are to her, she's just gonna go for the jugular. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think like we've spoken before, I think there is a little bit of heart. It wasn't Denise like getting paid like a million quid for the season or something. Probably, was, yeah. Yeah, she was getting paid like a lot higher than the rest of them. So I think there was that frustration that was kind of simmering around in the background. But um, yeah, I don't know. Look, Lisa, I mean, I, I like it that she started to change her hair. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a faint praise. I mean, I like the wigs. I don't know yeah. about you, no, but I like the wigs. To Brandy, you know, I'm just giving Brandy a little throwback there. Brandy's like jive at the reunion about her never changing. There's a couple of questions I love to always ask guests on the show. Uh, one of them, I'm so, I feel like because you've been doing your homework and you're on the long term journey, you're going to have plenty of, of thoughts here. But if you were on Housewives tomorrow and they said, listen, Don, we need a tagline, what would your tagline be? Oh, God, look, I actually, I, <laughs> me and Patrick do this all the time when we're walking around. Like, we're always. <laughs> Like turning like our like just chats into like as if it was a tagline. I think because I work in theatre, it would have to play on theatre, wouldn't it? It would have to be like, yeah. you know, um, it it'd have to be like something like I'm not here to play or something like that. You know, I make plays, but I'm not here to play or something like. That. Yeah, that's good. I, I may I write plays, but you can't play me. Yeah, something like that. There's nothing staged about me or something like that. Like any of that kind of stuff. Like I was going to say, yes, yeah, anything with stage, like... Um, stage or play. Like that would be... Like, I'm ready to take the stage in my own life. Like some oh kind of... Oh my God, yeah, yeah, that is it. I'm ready to take the stage in my own way. Like, or like, yeah... <laughs> Yeah, all that stuff. Like, that would 100% be my tagline. Or even something like, <laughs> you might see me on stage, but you don't want to see me in these streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be, that That would absolutely be my season three tagline. When, I, when I've got a bit of confidence. <laughs> yeah, when you're like beefing with someone in particular all season, so they, they work <laughs> it into your tagline. <laughs> absolutely. Oh my god! Um, what are are there any taglines when you've watched the shows that have stood out to you? 
it's funny because I'm watching Potomac at the moment, like I said, and I think their tag mm-hmm. like their season one taglines are a bit weak, but there's quite a funny one. Um what's the name of the character? Ashley, you know, the younger one? Mm-hmm. She's like only twenty six. Like she's she so shouldn't be there, but she's so reasoned and so um like level when they're all trying to confront her about the fact that she hasn't got any manners basically. But she uh <laughs> her tagline is like um Oh, throw the spring chicken to the cougars. <laughs> I'm like, as you want. And then, like, all the time, she constantly references the fact that they're all cougars, even though they're all married or whatever. Like, but she's just like, no, y'all cougars. Like, da, da, da. I'm like, <laughs> oh, listen, when it comes to Potomac, you haven't even scratched the surface when it comes to taglines. By season five, the taglines are truly on another level. Like, I remember every year, every week I watched season five this year, I was like, I cannot. I would watch the full credits being like, I can't believe you've all said this on camera. Like, they're mad. I mean, they don't even make that much sense. Like, Giselle's one that uh, at the moment is like, uh, word on the street is, I'm the word on the street. <laughs> yes. What's that mean, Giselle? What are you like? And every year they do some kind of, like, they do some spin on word on the street or whatever. Oh, just Giselle. I, I mean, I could be here all day with Giselle, but yeah, her taglines, oh my God. Truly iconic. She's wild, isn't she? She's mad. Like, she's so, so beautiful. Like, and she just something about that I sometimes I feel like I'm watching like an older Rihanna when I'm watching Giselle like oh, yeah. there's just something about her she has that similar energy similar kind of power to her but then she just like yeah she opens the episode with that line and I'm like oh, well, you're not fully there <laughs> um so another thing I love asking people and it because it just <laughs> everyone has a different way of approaching this so I'm curious where you'll land you're throwing a dinner party tomorrow. You can have five people from Real Housewives in attendance. It can be, of course, Real Housewives. Could be a friend of, could be a husband, could be a side character. But five oh people from the universe come around to yours for a bit of grub. Who are you inviting and why? Oh my God. Like I'm actually buzzing <laughs> at this question. Just imagine <laughs> it. Um, okay, this is probably a little, I mean, I'm sure people have said this, but like Mauricio. Yeah, understandable. He's a zaddy. I am inviting Mauricio, like, 100%. He was, like, the first thing that kind of popped in my mind there. I was like, <laughs> look, obviously, I really want to have the women over, but I also want Mauricio just to be, like, baked at the end of the table. Like, <laughs> being really hot, like, you know. Um, so, Mauricio, um, I would 100%. Oh, Jackie from Melbourne, the psychic medium, 100%. Yes. Like, we need that energy there. We need some prophecy in the mix. <laughs> um. God, I'd also, God, it's hard now because now I'm just going to say, like, it's really hard not to say, and this is, again, my, my last endorsement for Melbourne, it's really hard to just not say Melbourne, like. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> like, all of them, like, Gamble, Gina, Lydia, like, I want the, like, Janet, I want the whole squad there, like, even Chica, like, Chica can come at the end, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, no, so let's say Mauricio won uh, Jackie because she's a psychic, 100%. LVP has to be there, like. Okay. She has to be there. Like, if you're, if you're not inviting Lisa Vanderpump, you haven't really watched the show. Um, so you're a bit of a Lisa Stan. Like, you're an LVP apologist, aren't you? I am. I am. I am. Yeah, I 100% think that she can do no wrong. Like, I literally think she can do no wrong. I'm like, absolutely, set the re up. Like, get her, get her re-arrested. I don't care. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not like, arrested. <laughs> I'm like, let's get the re locked up for what she did to that dog. <laughs> Like, honestly, I'm not fine. I'm like, I don't care. And all her, like, interns, all her messy interns or whatever, like, all the, like, like dopey people that work for her who just leak out the business, I'm like, 
LVP is an icon. As as I'm Katarina arrested. I did not expect to hear that today. Katarina locked up. Um, Mauricio, LVP, Jackie. Um, oh my God, like it's really hard in this one. Do you know what? I would say just to have a little bit of representation from Salt Lake, I would bring in Heather. Okay. Just because I'm looking at my table plan, I'm writing down the names as I <laughs> as I as I say these, and I'm like, I can't bring Lisa to that table. It would just be a little bit too. I'd be wrecked. Um, so Mauricia, LVP, Jackie, Heather, LVP. Are you not bringing LVP? No, I am. Yeah, that's four already. Mauricia, mm-hmm. LVP, Heather, and one more. Oh my god! Like, would I would I have Denise Richards? Just no, 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 no. I wouldn't. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> Hello, Erica. I'm going to double drop on, triple drop on Beverly Hills. That's like Mauricio LVP and Erica. I think that would be a good table. Yeah, it would. And I think I think Heather interacting with all those people in of because she's so excited to be in the housewives world. I think that would exactly. be really, really funny. It would be like me. Like we, me and her could kind of go to the toilet and be like, oh my god, this is wild, isn't it? Like. <laughs> Heather will be like, are you sure Marito isn't single? <laughs> I'm like, I'm positive. I actually, I'm sad that I can't have Kyle at the table. I do really love Kyle. But you know what I hate about Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump? Oh. And a little bit of this has dripped into Salt Lake. That constant argument that they would have about like, love me. Like, tell me you love me. Do you love me? Yeah, yeah. Do you love me? Yeah, do you trust me? Yeah, I trust you. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> that like, man are we friends energy and it's totally in Salt Lake as well at the moment Heather is having it with Jen Shah and yeah. like, what was happening on my dinner table I was like do you know what he's actually about to have to go like he's having to leave we have to all just that we're friends with each other and like move on from it like we can't be talking about it all day it'd be like me like texting me like I just want to know we're friends right like you and I are friends he'd be like yeah no I just I need like I need you to say that to me like be like if we did that all the time you'd be like I'm not replying to these messages yeah no I would be like actually you've totally 100% killed our friendship because that is really, really draining like yeah it really is oh my god I'm just I'm visual it's interesting as well because when I ask people this question some people can basically go I'm casting the world's maddest housewives dinner party some people are like who would I want over my home for a meal and then some people are just like like you're kind of trying to weigh up everyone so we're like I want chaos like I love the way people take this question because they can go in so many directions yeah no you have to kind of I guess it's an important question Connor like you know <laughs> you have to consider it we're asking all the big questions here all today questions so I'm curious. You've watched. So you've done Beverly Hills, Melbourne. You're on Potomac. You have. You're like you followed Salt Lake City. So that'll be kind of by the time this comes out, reunion will probably be over. Are you looking at other housewivesy shows to get into or spinoffs you might try? What do you think is next on your journey? Oh God, I know. And do you know what? Like every time we finish one, I'm like, okay, oh, that's it now. Like I can't keep doing this. I mean, it's it is. I'm not gonna lie. It's not all laughs and roses. <laughs> But it should be. <laughs> but it should be. It does take out of you. Um, I don't know. I've tried. I've tried and tried and tried. And I know we've had this conversation privately off the podcast about New York. I tried oh. to New York, but I just struggle with them for some reason. I don't like Bethany. Like, I just can't warm to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've watched, like, OC, where they go to Dublin, because obviously that's just, you should just watch that for the crack to see them in, like, these awful pubs in Temple Bar. Like, being yeah. Um, so I've watched those episodes. I don't know where I'll go next. Like, where do you think? I mean, you obviously know much more than me. Where do you think I should go? Knowing what I'm I, interested in. Yeah, I mean, 
I do think you could cheat slightly with New York and maybe go a bit further into season two or even season season three of New York. I think you would would grab you because that by then they have found their feet. And once New York is to me the ultimate long con housewife show in that, like later on by seasons seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, there's so much. It reminds me of Melbourne. There's a lot of history and like life that happens off camera that they bring in naturally. And it's just also, but when New York finds its feet and what it is, it's really funny. There's a lightness to New York that a lot of the shows don't have. And mm-hmm. um, I think you would love Atlanta if you can get past the kind of first season or two where it just looks very old fashioned because they shot it at such a different time. But Atlanta has some of the most iconic quotes that you would already know from pop culture, some of the most interesting characters. And the women are all very dynamic and funny and on Atlanta they will have a knockdown drag out verbal disagreement about something very heavy and then in two weeks move on and a new thing develops whereas on Beverly Hills it's like I just feel like six weeks ago when you said that I had flat hair it was really hurtful to me and it's like move the fuck on whereas on Atlanta so much stuff happens between them every year yeah it's pacier yeah I think actually I think especially we're watching Potomac like I think Atlanta like I know a little bit about Atlanta and who's in it like the cast I think it would be nice I think I would enjoy Atlanta 100% um, yeah so maybe Atlanta is my next step oh my god it's just I don't know is this how people feel when like their kids go to school or learn how to walk or something the sense of pride that I have <laughs> and you're like this is my greatest achievement isn't it like and <laughs> um, so speaking of achievements if people want to check out your work or keep up to date with what you're doing where can they um find you and, and what can they look out for yeah so they can check out like i mean i share a lot of work stuff on my instagram so that's sean dunagram and on twitter i share a lot of like links to work shawnee love i'm also um a resident artist at project art center so you can read a little bit more about my work there um so that's projectartcenter.ie um but yeah i'm online in all the usual places that people tend to be online you know and what we need now is a play or a film or something by you that is effectively Bear Housewives. I think that's the next step. Do you know what? I literally was thinking the other day, Dick, this is this is how my brain operates. This is the problem. Like the other day I'm, I'm working on like a um Irish language like version of Carmen, you know, which is like a soap basically. It's an opera. Um, yeah. and the other day I was like and it's basically about like um like narcissism I think like in in relationships and like insecure attachments like all the things that are basically in these shows and I was like you know what maybe there's a scene with Don Jose watches Married at First Sight Australia I literally had that thought like (laughs) maybe there's a scene where like I I cross my interests um but yeah no maybe not I'm sure when I bring that to the rest of the scene they'll be like what's wrong (laughs) you're like and this dynamic to me is very Kyle Richards and Lisa Vanderpump season nine Beverly Hills Housewives. Anyone else? And there's just like a silence in the room. Where you're but like, it was, like I, I totally think that that is true. You know, like you do look at these people and obviously it's all exaggerated and it is like really high drama. But a lot of the tensions and stuff between them, like are the stuff of great story. You know what I mean? Like, and I think you could like analyze the kind of dynamics and the characters and the histories and understand why things are happening. So look, we make jokes about that, but actually Connor, I think there's something there. You heard it here first, the Abbey Theatre stage, folks. Sean and I will be debuting a Real Housewives opera. It will be hard-hitting, it will be real, and it will be full of the housewives. <laughs> oh my God, let's do it. <laughs> Me just fully pitching it like tomorrow. Dear Abbey Theatre, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. let's talk. <laughs> Let me finish. Yeah. Please don't interrupt. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's also very housewives when they're like i'm talking no 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 i'm talking no no let me finish i'm like lisa the salt lake reunion i'm still talking heather like i'm still talking and even andy Cohen was like i need you to stop talking now i know it's so funny and in melbourne it's like the poor guy who isn't andy Cohen who's like wearing his sunglasses on his bald head and sweating because they won't let him get a word in his face <laughs> Oh my god, I always feel for the guy doing the Melbourne reunions. I'm like, fucking hell, that's not a job I'd wish on anyone. Um, Okay, Sean, we can find more of your work on social media. I'm looking forward to something Royal Housewives in in your future. Um, Thank you so much for coming on Housewives and Me. Thank you for having me. That was Sean Dunn on Housewives and Me. I'll put more info on Sean's socials and his work in the episode notes for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you enjoyed what you heard and you're on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate a rating and review because it helps the show find new listeners and get itself out there in a very crowded market, let's be honest. You can subscribe and never miss an episode. They come out every Tuesday. And as I said, lots more fun guests on the way as well. Social media at Housewives and Me is where you'll find this show and you can follow me on It's Connor Bean as well. Thank you so much again for your time, for listening and for all the lovely support of the show over the last few months. Until next time, stay safe, keep watching all things Real Housewives and I'll talk to you soon.